Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the All Things Dad podcast. I'm your host, Brian Krupp, and we've hit a milestone, everyone, and that milestone is that this is episode five of the All Things Dad podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Now, if you found value in this podcast, I just want to take a second to invite you to leave a rating and a comment and then to consider sharing this podcast with anyone you think might benefit from it. My goal is to reach as many guys as possible with this advice to create stronger men who create stronger families to contribute to a stronger world. Now, today we have a special topic for you all with a special guest. In a few moments, you're going to hear part one of two with a friend of mine, Drew Sneary. Now, when I launched my podcast, I started talking with Drew because he has a pretty interesting story in how he manages his life as a single dad. Now, before we get into the interview, I want to call out the main principles for you so that if you get disrupted while listening, or maybe you don't have time to listen to the whole thing, at least you get the bottom line. Now, there are three things that I really appreciate about Drew's approach that I want you to focus on and to highlight. First is that Drew talks about his focus on a habit that I like to call sharpening the saw. You'll notice that he takes time to exercise, to meditate, and to pray. He has to make sure that he's taking care of himself while taking care of his kids and making sure that he's able to do his job properly. At one point, he even alludes to the fact that if he didn't take care of himself physically, he may not even have been alive at this point. Second, in all the busyness that Drew has, he takes time to prioritize. If you spend a day shadowing Drew, I don't think you notice him goofing off. He takes his time seriously. One, out of necessity, but two, because he knows that time is a diminishing resource. At one point in the interview, we call it the idea that he has to periodically reset and make sure things are in alignment throughout the day and the week. Third, Drew makes some references to his faith. Drew has a higher calling in his life, and this shows in his immense commitment to take care of his kids and to be present in their lives. He draws on his faith to create a moral compass for himself and to set an example for his kids. His faith is also where he draws his strength and because he knows he can't do it all by himself. He even references a time when he had his two kids and how his small group at church was helping him out, alluding to the importance of having a tribe in your corner. So anyway, there are lots more tidbits that Drew calls out. I know you're going to enjoy the conversation. And by the way, you'll hear me endorsing his business. And just so you know, this is not a sponsored deal, but as he is taking the time to support me and to support you and his lessons learned as a dad, I want to support him and his business. So take a moment to check out his online store. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. And as this is a longer interview, I split into two parts. Part one is today and part two will be next week. All right, enough chit-chat. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the All Things Dad podcast. My name is Brian Krupp, and I am joined by a special guest named Drew Sneary. Hi, Drew. Hey, how you doing, Brian? I'm doing super well. Thank you for asking. And this week, I asked Drew to join me um, because Drew is a really stand-up guy. I met him at a a workout group called F3 that I've mentioned before. And um, just the way that Drew goes about his life and the way he goes about taking care of his kids, how he models, how to balance priorities, I thought would be a great example to have on the show. So before we get into all of that, I would love to just give Drew a chance to introduce himself, uh, kind of walk through his background and kind of just give you a flavor of, of who he is. So Drew, uh, just kind of walk us through like, 
who are you? You know, how did we meet? And kind of just things around your background, and kind of your job, and just kind of an overview of you know who is Drew. Well, uh, first off, if we're if we're mentioning F three, should I call you Brian or should I call you your F three nickname of Dangle? I'm not sure which. I'm not sure which guy I'm talking to. <laughs> Whichever right one now. you're comfortable with, I don't know. Okay, and and for the listeners, the references uh, in F three to kind of level the playing field. This uh, this men's workout that go- takes place early in the morning in, in the Naperville region throughout the country, actually, um, because there's guys from IT security company owners to mechanics to guys that own pool companies uh, to law enforcement like myself and uh, to kind of level the playing field between all kinds of ethnicities, uh, job classes, all that stuff. Uh, they just give us nicknames. So then you just become that guy. So that's why I referred to him as Dangle. That was his nickname. Yeah. And it's a, it's pretty fun. I, I really appreciate that about F3. And I think it's pretty fun how you get to know some things about the new guys that come along. And that's how, how they do it. You know, when you first join, you kind of go in the middle of a circle, a bunch of guys in the gloom, as we call it, where it's just super dark out. And people just kind of, you just kind of rattle off things about yourself. And then people just kind of come up with a, with a unique name for you. And you don't really know how you got your name in the, in the moment, we kind of find out later. Um, but you know, it's one of those fun things. I really appreciate that part of where it's like, like you said, guys from all walks of life come together and it's just a great way to connect, to work out, get some good exercise. So I've been loving it. Yeah, that's great, man. And I'm glad you came on. Uh, but, uh, you know, back to like my background that you were asking about. Um, so I was born and raised in mid Michigan, uh, went to, school on the west side of the state, uh, moved down to Detroit area uh, in my early 20s after finishing grad school and became a police officer there. Uh, so I was a police officer uh, in suburban Detroit, uh, right on the border of Detroit, uh, for 15 total years, two years as a sheriff's deputy and 13 years with the uh, local police department that was on the border of Detroit. Um, and while I worked there, I was fortunate enough or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it, to get involved in some uh, major uh, multi-jurisdictional investigations. That launched me into working on a uh, FBI task force as a gang detective, working violent crime uh, and, and narcotics, which in turn uh, led me to want to do something more. Uh, not that I, my career was not fulfilling, but a lot of times I was finding that um, my cases went far beyond my jurisdiction that I had any reach, even though I had good information. And when you pass that information on, you are at the mercy of whatever detective or agents you're passed to. If they want to work it, they want to work it. If they don't, too bad. So um, in 2016, I hired on with United States Secret Service. Uh, the Secret Service moved me to Chicago, which is where, where I am now. That's how I ended up here uh, out of Detroit. Um, and then with the Secret Service, I worked uh, in counterfeit and then organized crimes uh, and then uh, cell phone investigations also. Uh, and then so many months with the Secret Service, you go on what's called rotation or a rota. And that's when you are... Um, you are uh, you work in protection, and so if somebody comes to Chicago, you absolutely work protection because that's your field office, that's your area of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But when they lend you out to protection for that month, when you're on rotation, you go wherever and 
and fill whatever needs the the service has. So I may I may have been in Marlago with Trump uh, on the weekend and then be spending the week with uh, Obama in um, New Jersey. And then next thing you know, I'm in Billings, Montana with Pence and then down someplace with um, the Bushes in, in Texas. Wow. So you are constantly moving around in those months. You were not home very much. Um, and that that situation in itself partially led me to where I am now. So in 2018, I uh, went through a separation with my, with my now ex-wife uh, where she moved away um, due to uh, extenuating circumstances with her and a relationship that she had going on. And as a result, uh, the children and I stayed in Chicago. Uh, so I mm-hmm. have a son and a daughter who are, my son is now 13 and my daughter is 12. At the time, because they're a year and a half apart, at the time of the split in summer of 2018, they were eight and six. Mm-hmm. So. I, at the time of the Secret Service, traveling around, working complex investigations in organized crime and um, and things of that nature, uh, I was attempting to raise two small children on my own. So um, I knew that I that I didn't have long until I needed to figure something something out uh, because. Um, Although their their mom is fully in their life at this time and a part of their life, at that time, uh, I could not uh, view her as a, a reliable person to lean on. Um, she just had other things going on in life, uh, which is, that's fine. Uh, but so I needed to find a place to be with the kids uh, in my career where I could be more attentive to them. Uh, I liked coaching my children. Uh, at the time, I was coaching my son in wrestling, and I, in the spring and fall, uh, I was coaching my daughter in softball. So I started looking to do a lateral transfer to another agency, and um, fortunately for me, uh, the U.S. Postal Service Office of Inspector General, so the Office of Inspector General that has oversight mm. over the postal systems, Mm-hmm. Uh, I had worked a case with them in 2019 where I assisted them when I was with the Secret Service. One of their supervisors reached out to me and, and mentioned that uh, they had opening for a special agent and asked me if I would uh, put in for it and if I would interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. And a week later, they offered me a job. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple months after that, I left the Secret Service and lateral did transfer over to the office of inspector general and now i work in investigations for the office of inspector general uh mm-hmm. in a um complex uh assignment that involves um tracking uh multinational groups uh sending mm-hmm. uh stuff into the chicago area yeah wow super interesting drew so thank you first and foremost for giving us that introduction for your transparency and authenticity to, in terms of just kind of where you are in life and kind of, you know, what your situation is. So thank you for that and for coming on the show. And I guess as a fun part of this, like what are some things that kind of bring you life? Like some things that you do for fun that motivate you, that kind of get you out of bed every day. So number one, easy things that bring me life that, that motivate me and are fun for me is activities with my son and daughter. 
Mm. Um, I am very, I make it a point to be very, very involved with their lives. So that's why I coach my daughter in softball. I um, used to coach my son in wrestling. He's not wrestling right now, but now that he's in middle school, they have their own coaches. But club sports back when he was younger, I, I coached for a year for him. Mm. And um, so that's where I draw a lot of my happiness is on the weekends, planning an activity to go somewhere with them, do something with them. Um, excuse me. And then um, also uh, being a part of their athletic and their academic life. Uh, mm-hmm. Never, it's very important to me that I, I do not miss their band concerts, uh, their plays, their academic events like Science Olympiad, things of that nature. Mm. Uh, because I want them to know that I, I'm supportive of them and mm-hmm. that I am always there for them and that I'm never going to be unavailable. That mm-hmm. uh, if there's one continuing factor that, that is in their life, it's going to be that dad is present. Mm. Yeah, so, I love that. Uh, and then beyond that, like what I like to do just for myself, uh, you know, when I'm not focused on the kids is I love F3. Uh, I love fitness. That is a, not only a stress relief for me, but um, I prefer, prefer to be in shape for my job and mm-hmm. my career uh, in law enforcement. Um, and uh, I mean, there's been situations that I've been in law enforcement uh both uh physically and firearms wise where if i didn't train and if i was not in shape uh we may not be talking yeah so um so i love fitness uh i mm. enjoy it um i love working out uh i like to watch um movies mm. when i'm by myself sometimes i like to do movies i like to do series i i really really enjoy i've gotten back into this in the last year i really enjoy reading books Mm. just like not kindle not media but just old school paper paper books what are those yeah yeah right right (laughs) i i actually have found that i I love it uh and that i spend at least a half hour every day um another thing that uh gives me fulfillment um is my faith uh Mm. christianity uh, I was born Lutheran or not born Lutheran. I was raised Lutheran mm. um, and went to Lutheran grade school, Catholic high school. Now uh, myself and the kids, we practice in a non-denominational Christian church, mm. uh, but doing daily devotionals uh, mm-hmm. for me has become a big thing um, to keep myself centered and keep myself full in, uh, in my religion and, and in Christ. Yeah. Well, Drew, what you kind of laid out, I'm so glad you you covered a lot of those areas. And in the first episode of the podcast, I talked about kind of the six key areas that I feel like are really important for men to address in order to be an effective father. And so some of those is around family, you know, community, or spirituality, and things like that. So I feel like what you just talked about really does demonstrate a lot, a lot of what good looks like in some of those areas. So thanks for for sharing that. And um, as you kind of segue maybe into was what you mentioned was things that bring you life is spending time with your kids. And I like your quote about, I'm ne- there's never gonna be a time where they're going to think my dad didn't make his effort to be 100% present with us. And, um, and I think I really like that quote. And so as I kind of walk that back though, to your responsibilities, and I know that you actually have your, your full-time job, you help coach, 
you know, you're always present with your kids. You do F3. And I know you also have a side business as well. And that is, you know, very, very successful. So um, just kind of segueing what you just kind of laid out into what a typical day looks like for you. And what are some of the ways that you go about prioritizing your day and just fitting it all in, in a way that doesn't overwhelm you and also creates, I would say, bandwidth for your kids to know that dad is accessible? Yeah, it's good questions. Um, so a day, a day in my life as a dad. So once upon a time, uh, you know, I was a do everything all day, every day, uh, single, the epitome of what a single parent is. Uh, mm-hmm. That is fortunately for the children. That's not the case anymore. Uh, their mom does live back in the area uh, and is a part and does have uh, regular parenting time with them. In fact, oh, we're good. about 50, 50 at this point mm-hmm. instead of being a hundred zero. Uh, so um, things are a little different than they used to be. However, uh, in life, like when the children are with me, uh, unless somebody is sick, um, or the dog is sick or something like that, or I have some sort of, uh, uh, work event where like, you know, a search warrant surveillance, something very early in the morning, um, my day starts out with exercise before the Mm -hmm. kids are even up. So that's where F3 comes in is, uh, I have that time. And then I have, after that, there's coffee with the guys that exercise with. Usually Mm -hmm. if something else isn't, uh, important going on, like a kid needs to get to school early or there's something with work. And that gives time to reflect with, with, uh, friends or like-minded guys uh, and discuss what's going on in life. Guys can mm-hmm. vent about things that are going on in their life that, so they don't have to take it home. Uh, from there, uh, I come home and I'm making sure that the kids are, uh, my son and daughter are getting ready for school mm-hmm. uh, and that I, then I see them out the door or I take them depending on the weather. Um, and then I start my work day. Mm-hmm. And my work day may be working from home in a home office that the government sets me up with, mm-hmm. or I may be out in the field doing something from an investigative standpoint, mm-hmm. interviews, surveillance, search warrants, uh, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from there, uh, I also try every day to spend a little time working on a startup company that I mm-hmm. began, which is called uh, Front Gear, uh, or I'm sorry, Frontline. I'm not even remembering my own company <laughs> name at this point. Frontline, uh, Frontline Gear and Outfitters, and yeah. what that started up back at the end of um, April, mm-hmm. and what so it's about five six months in now, and it started out as a clothing company, a functional fitness wear clothing company uh, for clothing that you and I can wear at a workout. Or if you need to go to the grocery store, it's just as comfortable Mm -hmm. uh, in that type of situation. It doesn't look like you're wearing some, uh, you know, polyester, moisture-waking, skin-tight shirt, but something Mm -hmm. that looks very comfortable uh, and is very accessible and you feel comfortable wearing in any environment. Mm -hmm. Even if you went to uh, to get a bite to eat in the evening, you would feel fine in it. Uh, You wouldn't feel like you were underdressed or anything like that. And then you could be out running in it and be sweaty and it wouldn't be clinging to you like something heavy. So Mm -hmm. I started that. Um, and that also is slowly segueing into, uh, outdoor gear and tactical gear. 
Uh, I'm sourcing a lot of that stuff right now. I had no idea how much work it would be to launch that phase of the business Mm -hmm. Uh, and just sourcing it. Because when it comes to the clothing and when it comes to the product, if I'm not going to wear it, I would not ask you to wear it. Right. So I want to make sure that I am providing the best product possible, even if it means that my bottom line is less. Mm -hmm. So I spent time on that. Um, and, uh, I also spend time, um, after that, the kids get home from school or they're at their practices or I'm taking one to practice. My daughter plays spring softball and fall. So that takes up probably three quarters of the year, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am fortunate enough to be the, the head coach for both of her teams. Mm. So we spend a lot of time practice, extra time going to batting cages and um, then my son's playing football, so I'll go to his football games. Then we come home. I'm making dinner for them after that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's laundry. There's things to clean. There's everything yeah. that, that a, a traditional family home of two two partners, a husband and wife would do, mm-hmm. I'm doing myself. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm typically crashing about 930 at night because yeah. it's it's always a long day, no matter yeah, what. No. And I mean, needless to say, you know, you and I, we usually – I mean, you probably more than I do, but waking up early for those workouts, I mean, those workouts are at 5.15 in the morning. So we're usually up by 4.30, 4.45 to be able to attend those as well. Um, And I think the way that you just kind of walk through that, I think it's pretty obvious that you have all these things running in the back of your mind almost every minute of the day, right? And it's one of those things where you're always thinking about what's next. So if you wake up in the morning, okay, what's next? Okay, you go to work. Okay, what's next? And if, if I'm hearing this right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure there's certain points, maybe at the beginning of the week or in the middle of the week or maybe in the middle of the day where you have to kind of reset and say, okay, like I have to game plan about what my priorities are going to be and how I'm spending my time and where do I need to pivot so that I can honor those values of being with my kids, getting my job done, um, doing the work with the business. And by the way, for those that don't know about Drew's business, it's, you know, I've witnessed it through the F3 lens and there's so many great products there. There's so many great, um, you know, gear that you can look at, so many great um, shirts and whatever you're looking for in terms of fitness, like it's going to be there for you. So I'll put the link to his website in the the show notes. But all that being said, you know, from what I hear from you, it's really about how you're preparing every week, every day. And you're always kind of having that proactive mindset about, okay, how do I need to show up in the next week, the next day or the next minute? Is that right? Is that fair? Or is there maybe a different nuance you put to it? Yeah. Thank you for the compliment about the business and what the product trying to put out. But more importantly, what you're stating about about how I conduct life, yeah, that's 100% correct. Uh, a lot of that um, for me is taking 10 to 15 minutes every day and doing daily devotion, uh, mm-hmm. reading and then looking up the verses they have and looking at different verses of the verses and then taking a moment to reflect on what that means to me in my life right now. Another thing that I do that is in the same mindset, um, not every day, but a couple of times a week is I will take about a half hour and meditate mm-hmm. uh, where I have a, a nice chair in my bedroom uh, that is comfortable that I use for reading. But I also will, will just sit there, uh, lights out, just some 
you know, YouTube music going in the background that is just like nondescript and just think. And that's where a lot of that reset comes of like, Mm -hmm. hey, this is what's going on in life. This is what I'm thinking about. These are my struggles and my stressors. Right now, this is what my son and daughter struggles and stresses are. How can I help them work through that without, well, still um, emboldening them to take on their own independence and responsibility, mm-hmm. but guide them at the same time, not holding their hand and, and leading them necessarily, mm-hmm. but guiding them. So they grow in their development as uh, young people, as children, and soon to be young adults, being a teen and a preteen. Yeah. Um so yeah, the, the, the reset happens all the time. Some things that uh, need to get done just don't get done for a while because there's only so many hours a day. It's like I bought a suitcase and it's fallen apart already like a month in. I mm-hmm. need to take it back. It's been like three weeks since <laughs> since I realized I need to take it back. It's, it's sitting yeah. in the garage because there's just not enough hours. There's not time for that. So yeah. eventually yeah. it'll get taken back, but it, it's not going to be tomorrow. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the All Things Dad podcast. Again, as this is a longer interview, I split into two parts. Part one is today and part two will be next week. Again, please leave a rating, a comment with what you liked about the show and consider sharing it with a friend or a family member. We'll see you all next time on the All Things Dad podcast.